speaks, or our mission is to answer the questions that we all have. What does the Bible really say? What is really going on in the world, and what is really our duty as a Christian to do in this world? How are we supposed to be living, really? Today, we are going to continue our series talking about what does the Bible really say about salvation, and we have a special guest, Sister Penny Garrett, from our church. I believe what she has to say will truly bless you in a great way. So, we will begin this episode right after this. start us off with a bit of a moment to just kind of get our minds in the right area. I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, help us to learn what you have for us today. Help us to speak the truth of your word, to get in the right frame of mind, to speak what people need to hear and need to learn in this day and in this time on this topic. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord. Amen. So, I am figured I would start... Uh, yeah, we have a special guest. We do have a special guest with us today. Uh, Sister Penny is here via Skype call um, that won't show up real well on the screen, but her, you should be able to hear her. Uh, Say hello, Sister Penny. Hi, everyone. <laughs> hello. All right, so today we are going to be talking about the next part in our series, What Does the Bible Really Say About Salvation? Today we are going to be talking about baptism. Um, and as I was talking about um, with Sister Penny a bit before we started, um, the idea of baptism is a bit strange because it could mean something very different uh, depending on who you are. Um, what do you picture when someone tells you, hey, my brother is going to be baptized on Sunday? Well, first thing you're probably going to picture is, oh, on Sunday, that's scheduled. That probably means that we're allowed to go to church again. <laughs> Uh, but what I'm actually meaning is that depending on who you are and what your relationship has been with church, your first picture might be that your little brother, your brother is your, is your little brother and that, (laughs) um, he is a baby and it's what some might call a christening. He might be wearing an outfit that was specially bought for this day that is no one is afraid is going to be messed up by water because the water is probably going to hit nothing more than his forehead with three little sprinkles. That's what some people might picture. Uh, if your Sister Penny actually mentioned a different one where they thought, all I'll have to do is sit in some water and have some water maybe dumped over top of my head. There's a lot of different pictures that people have in mind when they think of baptism. Um, but if you're an apostolic, you're probably going to think they're going to need some clothes they to might change not be able into. To hear if she's all the way up there. Hmm? They might not be able to hear. I don't know. Mom was just going to um, have to deal with it and not see her. Okay. So, is anyone else who is among my panel today ever really seen a non-apostolic baptism? I have not. I don't think so. You you have not. Sister Penny, how about you? What's your experience outside of the apostolic church with baptism? Submerged into the water, 
to be covered under the blood. Now, I never seen that until I came to Harvest House. So you have not seen any baptisms outside of the Apostolic Church uh, in your time oh, going yeah, to church? Yes, yes, I have. I'm sorry. You okay, yeah. Just a little bit. All right, so. Uh, when I went to what they call the Soul Winners Boot Camp, I did go there. And uh, they taught us uh, how to baptize someone. All right. In the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sins. All right. So, what we're talking about here is that here's what baptism looks like according to the Bible. The first time we see someone getting baptized in the Bible, what would that be? I have that actually. All right. A specific person, or just what John's baptizing in John and Matthew three. Yeah. It's the yeah. First time, first time it's actually mentioned is Matthew three. Yeah, I actually have that written down as well. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew chapter three, John is baptizing. Yeah. Uh, and the way that he's baptizing people is he's baptizing people unto repentance. He's not baptizing people in the name of Jesus because. Well, at this point, no one outside of John's family probably knows who Jesus is unless they bought some tables and chairs recently. <laughs> He's working as a carpenter right now. At this point in history, in Matthew chapter 3, Jesus is this unknown guy who might have made some preaching known. Not really. Uh, because he's not started his ministry yet. And the way he says, if I'm going to start having some sort of influence, I'm going to go be baptized by John. Well, I, I know. I really hate this setup sometimes. It's, it's a little we hard. We should probably find something new sometime soon. Yeah. Uh, but Jesus goes and he is baptized by John. And it describes Jesus that when Jesus was baptized, he went down into the water. That might be the way Luke says it. I'm going to actually go to Matthew 3 to make sure I'm reading Matthew this Matthew 3 right. and 11 is, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me, blah, 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 is mightier, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. That part's not as much. Yeah, uh, well, I was going to talk about when Jesus was baptized. That's later in the same chapter. Oh, I have that too, I think. Yeah. Jesus, when he was baptized. Um, yeah. John said, I have need to be baptized by thee, and comest thou unto me? And Jesus said, Suffer it be so now, for it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway out of the water. He had been in the water. So he had to be in the water, physically in the water. And actually, we hear that later on when Philip baptizes someone. We don't really get that many descriptions of what baptism looked like. Because the Bible sometimes just isn't descriptive of scenarios. Brother Jacob would know what... No, I'm sorry. When, when I'm sorry. I'm thinking about Moses. Moses, yeah. Um... But we don't really get that many overt descriptions of baptism. So what we do get is Jesus came out of the water. And when Philip was talking to a eunuch and preaching to him about Jesus, he says, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? It requires water. And it's going to require a pool of water, most likely. Um, but there is actually an account in the Bible. You can't see Jacob's face. Yes, I know you can't see Jacob's face. It's not as important to see me as it is to hear me. Uh, I'm trying. It's not exactly super convenient. But we actually do get a description before this of someone being submerged in water. I think Sister Penny might have a pretty good idea who I'm talking about. You are talking about uh, Naaman? That's yes, Naaman. Can yeah. <laughs> you tell a story about David for everybody? David and Naaman. <laughs> yeah. That's the, come on, we you've got, you've got a special set of experience. <laughs> I'm referring Mr. Bethany, you tell the story about Naaman. No, about David. About Your David husband. and Naaman. Oh, okay. Uh David 
when I first started going to church and he first started coming with me, um, Brother Daniel had talked to him about being baptized, and he knew that in Second Kings, I believe it was in Second Kings. Yeah, uh, I forget who the 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 guy was that was in there, but they were. He was told Elisha. to go in to the river to dip himself seven times. It's in Second Kings five. And, Yes, and he, we were at Moffat Lake, we're sitting out there, and he was coming in to the house to take care of the animals while I was out there, and I knew he was taking a long time, I didn't know why, but he went down uh, by Daisy May Lake, and he took the leap of faith and dipped himself seven times. Because he wanted to be clean and he wanted, he took the leap of faith because he wanted his sins to be covered under the blood. But even though he dipped himself seven times, he knew that he needed to be fully submerged by the pastor, our pastor, Brother Daniel Warden. Yeah, and uh, then didn't wasn't there something to do with his thumb oh. when he decided he was going <laughs> to yes. get baptized? Yes. Yes, he had. He actually had smashed his thumb. Yeah, that's what it was. And when he smashed his, his thumb, he said that God told him that when that place had healed, then he would knew that it would be time for him to be baptized. Yeah. <laughs> and he had talked to God about it, and that's what the Lord had told him. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason that we actually do have Sister Penny on here is because she has about as much experience baptizing people at our church as anyone else. Other than probably Daddy. At, outside of outside of Pastor, mm-hmm. that is, she's got about as much experience as anyone mm-hmm. outside of Pastor at our church of talking to people about baptism, baptizing people. And as she mentioned, she went to something called a Soul Winners Boot Camp back in about what, when was that? That's been a few years back, Brother Jake. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> um, and basically there they equip people, they taught people about how to reach people, win souls. Actually, I'm planning on doing an episode on that much later, a couple months from now. I've written out an episode schedule, and we'll probably get someone else who's had some experience going to one of those. For what? About soul winning. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, probably get someone from Ashland, Kentucky for that. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, we're talking, and since she's had quite a few, bit of experience, what do you typically say to someone when you're trying to tell them why they need to be baptized? Actually, Brother Jake, and um, the number one thing that I do mostly is when I do a Bible study, I usually do the Bible study of the seven mighty weapons. And then when I do the seven mighty weapons, there's one on there that's called the revelation of one God. And when they receive the revelation of one God, then they understand that there is only one God and there is only one name. But then I'll start talking to them about how I got baptized and the experience that I've had. Yeah, Daddy just actually uh, commented on here. He he wants you to, he, he said, why did you get baptized in Jesus' name? Why did I get baptized in Jesus' name? Yeah. When I first started Gum Street, to be honest, I was always raised up as the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. That was the way you were supposed to have been baptized. Yeah. But when I first started coming to Gum Street, I got the revelation of one God. Then I noticed the difference that everybody else had on their face, how they were acting, the joy that they felt. Uh, their their face glowed, and I wanted that. And I didn't understand why people were being baptized in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting in Moffat Lake one day, and Mandy was out there. And uh, I kept asking Mandy, I said, Mandy, I said, 
But, you know, we've always been baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. I said, I know there's one God, but why is everybody being baptized in Jesus' name? I said, I, I do, but I want to make sure that I understand it. And mm -hmm. she kept telling me, well, you need to call Brother Daniel. You need to call Brother Daniel. And I'm like, well, why should I call Brother Daniel? I, you know, I'm asking you. Well, it got to hitting me so hard one day out there, and I'm like, you know, I believe that God was pricking at my heart so much that I had to call because mm -hmm. I wanted something different. I wanted to be different. Yeah. I wanted to be happy. And the number one thing was, was because I was seeing everybody filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Had, were you not? And, did you get the Holy Ghost after you were baptized? Right after I was baptized. Yes, Oh, I yeah, did. you did right when you came out of the water, right? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Yeah. But when I, I called <laughs> my pastor, Pastor Daniel Orton, he told me, he said, uh, I've been expecting your call. And that kind of threw me for a loop, you know, I guess because I've been asking a lot of questions. But he referred to me on Acts 19. Mm -hmm. That's what that brought the revelation to me. So do you care if I read that? Go yeah, for it. go for it. I have it written down. It don't really matter who reads it. <laughs> okay. I had it written down. And, but you and, read it. and it came to pass that while Apollos was, was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding certain disciples. He said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized you, baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him that should come after him that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what brought revelation to me. And what I was looking for, I read down to number six, and it says, And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. And all the men were about twelve. So that brought me revelation right there. So if, yeah. if whatever God will do for one, he will do for another. And I knew that I wanted the Holy Ghost like everyone else was getting that I didn't have because I had a hunger for it. And I knew that I needed to be baptized in the name of Jesus for my remission for sin. And it's like in John 3, 5. You know, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And I knew that I had to do that before I could even enter into the kingdom of God. Yeah. And I had to make sure that all of my sins were washed away. And then when I came up out of the water, that's when Jesus filled me with the Holy Ghost. And, and you believed that was going to happen when you come out yes, of that water. You believed you were going to be filled. So, yes, I did, Brother Jacob, because I was so hungry. I was, I've always been looking for love in the wrong places. And I had a hole in my heart that when I started Harvest House, the more that I heard, the more that I seen, the more that I was taught the Word of God, the more truth that that was being fed to me, the hunger, the more hunger I was, and the more I wanted, and that was when the whole of my heart was filled. Yeah, uh, and, and only Jesus can do that. Only uh, this is what it brings us back to what we've been saying. The first thing that's got to come is what we mentioned a couple weeks ago. The very first thing before anything else happens, he that believeth. Mm -hmm. 
He said, except a man be born again. He said, whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that comes first. And that's what I, that's the reason I had pointed that out. Because you believed, that's why as soon as you followed that plan of salvation, it came right there. You trusted, you believed, you had the faith. And that's so important is what we mentioned a couple weeks ago. And also that repentance is important. Mm-hmm. And all yes. of this, it all comes together. Each thing leads to the next thing. Yeah. And uh, something that uh, I figured would be important to talk about is <laughs> the purpose of baptism, why we do baptism. Because, yeah. like, we've talked about baptism, and yeah, some people know, but there's actually a lot of people that may not even actually know yes. that uh, what baptism is. And the, reason, the verse I got for that is Romans 6 and 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. And so basically, what's that saying? And if you've been to Harvest House and you knew Brother Donnie, Brother Donnie always said that when he got saved, he used to be Diesel. And um, when he got saved, then he became Brother Donnie. And uh, what that really means is that um, you used to be this simple person that did like bad things all the time or... And, um, when you were baptized, sorry, my cat did something stupid. (laughs) When you were baptized, uh, you put away that old man and a lot, people are more uh, willing to get baptized a lot of times than they are to speak in tongues or to get the Holy Ghost because, uh, and that's because they think that it doesn't take effort to get baptized and the physical act of getting baptized. I'm distracted because of my cat. He used the litter box and then got out he got out of the litter box to to cover it up. The physical act. (laughs) The physical act of getting baptized is uh you have to do less than being filled with the Holy Ghost. But there is still work that has to come from you when you're baptized because you have to put away that old man. Yes, your sins were washed away when you were submerged into the water, but you also have to work every day to become this new you. I actually have a verse for that. Hold on, I'm getting there. Uh, But actually, it says something along those lines in... uh, First Peter chapter number three, it uh, is alluding to baptism here, as well. It's First uh, Peter three and twenty says, which sometimes were disobedient. It's referring to the people back uh, in the days of Noah, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few that is eight souls were saved by water. Like what the like figure whereunto baptism doth now save us. It's not just not not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So after that baptism comes, we need to make sure not just that we put away filth of the flesh, but that we keep ourselves a good conscience toward God. Mm-hmm. Oh, there they are again. He can just stay there, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so we have to, after that time, we're covering up that old filth, just as the cat did a minute ago with the litter box. No, as he didn't do. As he didn't do. <laughs> he got we're out co- of the litter box to cover it up. Well, exactly. you got to make sure that after you've done that repentance, you got to make sure it's covered. It's buried, okay? you got to make sure it's buried. <laughs> And we're buried with him in baptism unto death. Yeah. So, that's what's very important. I mentioned that verse uh, last week where Paul was talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, where he was talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ. That he was crucified that he died that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day that's the gospel and just like that we must die out to ourselves in repentance and then we 
need to be buried in baptism. And then the regeneration, that raising again comes through... Uh, the gift of the Holy Ghost. So I've talked several times about what the power is in each thing. The power in belief is in the action that comes with it. The power in repentance is what God does because of our actions. And so what's the power in baptism? What is the power in baptism? What does baptism do? What is that act? It washes act? away your sin. Um, so what's the difference in washing away your sin and what repentance does? Well, I think, I've never studied this, never thought about it, but I think that would be that repentance is more like acknowledging that um, you have sinned and that you need to turn around. And then uh, baptism is that next step to help cover your sin. Repentance is like the the apology. I think the big thing in baptism, from what I I can see, is um, one big thing is um, that it's um, it's when we take on the name of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. To me, this is some of the notes that I have put down today because I've been thinking about it ever since yeah, I got the call because I was kind of nervous, but that's okay. But to me, I believe that the power of baptism means when a person is set free from sin and is covered under the blood of Jesus, and then when we've been buried with him in baptism and to death, it's like, you know, our sins, we're now dead to the power of sin. And then when we go under the water and we are covered under the blood, we're being raised up out of the water. And to me, that expresses our new life with Christ so that we can live again after this life. So we can have eternal life. And in the only saving name, that man can find salvation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one of the... what. A verse that I actually have written down here is in Acts 4 and 12. It says, There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that's the power of that name of Jesus in baptism. Mm-hmm. Um, it is what puts his authority, his name, his power into us that we can overcome and cover up. It's like it's cleaned completely up. Uh, the illustration that I mentioned last week during repentance is that uh, it's like if something were to die and you just left it sitting there. Get nasty. It's going to get nasty. It's going to get stinky. It's going to be smelly. And that's why we have to make sure that it's not just left sitting there. Right. It's got to be buried. Uh, It's got to be buried. It's got to be covered up. It's got to be getting rid of. It's got to be sanitized. <laughs> like everything else in the world right now. Like everything else in the world right now. <laughs> baptize it in that hand sanitizer. <laughs> but um, actually we do have a question here. What is remission? She knows the answer. She, she just knows the answer. She just to talk about wants it. it to be spurred into action here. She's trying to prod us without being present. Uh, it's, it's mama. It's... Uh, it's <laughs> It's our first lady, Sister Cheryl. What What is remission? And she said, like, cancer going into remission. And yeah. that means, it is something that a lot of times people don't talk about. because, And they just that say it and don't Acts think about what it says, means. says, for the remission of your sins. And what that means is that it's gone. But just like when your cancer goes into remission, there's always the chance that it could come back. So you have to be... You have to be diligent, and you have to watch and make sure. And you need to take you that next step. Sin. That's one of the most important things: is we need to take that next step. Um, that's one of the big things, as I've said with all of this. We can't just believe. We can't just repent. We can't just be baptized. In fact, we can't just be filled with the Holy Ghost. Uh, but we will get there when we get there. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's stick with baptism for today. Uh, is there another thing that we have not touched on yet that you really think we need to mention? Um, 
I believe I there think, is. I would think so. Yeah, there is. <laughs> I'm just trying to. We're not very keep far into it. I know. Um, uh, there's one thing that I wrote um, about Matthew three and eleven, where talk when Jesus not Matthew three and eleven, but in Matthew three when um, Jesus gets baptized. I'm not sure if he does he get baptized in Jesus in, in Matthew three. Matthew chapter three, yes. I know it's around there. Okay, when he gets baptized, I think baptized. it's um, it's not really about baptism, but it kind of is. It's something that I um, thought about and wrote Jesus down. Jesus is our example. Is that you read my notes over my shoulder, looking uh, at no. my nasty handwriting. Just <laughs> stating um, Jesus is our example. He, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there is nothing that Jesus will ever ask us to do that he did not do when he was on the earth. Except with one exception of being filled with the Holy Ghost. But that's not really the same thing. Actually, he was, he he was is the Holy Ghost. Ghost. So he um, can't be filled with what he already uh, is. It's what I said on Sunday while preaching. The very first spirit-filled human yeah. was Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's the only thing that Jesus... We didn't see Jesus do that he expects of us but that's because but, but it is said the holy spirit overshadowed mary and she yeah that's because jesus <laughs> is the holy ghost so uh-huh. anyway i just i thought that was something to note when people yeah. and that's another thing that i actually wrote down for last week that i again still don't there is a verse that is not necessarily misquoted but miscommunicated and it's that god will not put more on you than you can bear and that kind of goes with what I was just talking about, how he won't ask us to do things. And what that with really is about he makes is a really way about escape. temptations. And the point is that um, there's going to be a lot of bad things happen to us in this lifetime. And a lot of times we won't be able to handle it. But God is there and God with made God, an example for us by possible. coming down to earth and he also uh, made it to where we can lean on him and we can get through things with him. And no, he's, there will be times when there's more on you than you can bear. But that's when why you're not supposed to bear it all. You're supposed to give it to Jesus and let him bear it. Yes. But uh, when you give it to Jesus, though, Sister Bethany, that means you don't need to pick it up again. And absolutely. Absolutely. She's preaching now. That's the story. That's the story that Brother White told me when he talked to me about uh, my depression when I was around 16 years old. He told a story about this old married couple. He said that they would fight and he had a hat and that when he the man left, he would throw his hat inside uh, and he knew that if the hat came back out, it wasn't safe for him to come in, but if the hat stayed, he could go back in and he compared that to... Uh, the devil saying that when uh, the devil tries to make you pick things back up again, make sure you always throw it out or he's going to come back in if you let him. You have another guest. That's exactly what David, the devil tried to use David to get me out of church. Right. Um, he, he would try everything he could for me to go fishing, uh, just anything to keep me from going to church. And I remember one day, I was sitting on my front porch, and we were actually arguing at that time because he was very upset with me because I was going to church. And I had, the temptation was coming toward me at that time. I could feel it because I almost gave up completely. Mm-hmm. But then it was like the Lord told me to look up. And when I looked <laughs> up, all I could see was this beautiful white cloud shaped as a dove. It, I mean, it was outlined to a T. You could see the eyes. You could see the wings were outlined. The tail of it was outlined. And I knew then that I couldn't give up. And then that's when I called David over there, and I told David, I said, we need to talk. Yeah. I said, I'm going to go to church, and I am. I want to go to heaven. And I said, I wished you would come with me. But if you don't, I'm still going to go through. Yeah. But that's the faith I had. And even when he didn't, when I first came to Harvest House, well, before I came to Harvest House, 
trying to get him to go. He would. I had my faith then, but not as much as I did when I started coming to Harvest House. He kept saying, well, I don't have dress clothes. But I took that leap of faith, Bethany, mm-hmm. and I bought him clothes. And they hung in my closet, or his closet, for almost two years. But I kept praying, and I kept believing that God was going to get him in, and he did. Yeah. Um, actually, that makes me think you talking about that uh, sign that he gave you uh all throughout the bible god was giving everyone the hints of what needed to happen for them uh that verse where peter mentioned uh, (laughs) that verse where peter mentioned uh that in the there were eight souls saved by water Actually, all throughout the Bible, God was putting out the symbols. God was preaching the message of salvation all throughout the Bible in the way that it needed to happen. We mentioned it last week, talking about the fact that uh, God hated all the sin and the death that was in the world. And so he washed it through a flood. Yeah. And then after that, there was a... Then after that, God gave the gift of other tongues. Yeah. And then, hold <laughs> on. I should have that down, yeah. but I didn't, so let me look at it um, real quick. I actually mentioned another one, the fact that after the Passover, after they had the blood of the lamb and their repentance and they left the land of sin, they went through the water, and that's what put them into the place where they could have access to God's spirit through the tabernacle. Uh, and in the tabernacle, he had the... He had first you would sacrifice, then you would go and wash yourself, uh, wash yourself uh, in in a laver with water, and then after that you could enter into the presence of God. All throughout, he God has been giving us. Um, I saw a meme out there. He said, "He said, God, I I finally saw the sign that you love me and that you have." Given me a chance for salvation, he said. I actually gave you about a uh, hundred and seven signs, but I'm glad you noticed one of them. <laughs> but yeah, it's all throughout the Bible. Brother, our, our main sign, uh, brother Jacob, is the Word. Yeah. If people would just believe the Word, yeah, and read the Word, the read the Word yeah. is what's going to change you. Yeah, people let what happens to them and, like, the things that they experience in their life. And, obviously, I I can understand why this happens because, as a human, I think it's natural. But people let uh, life dictate how they think God feels about them instead of uh, the Word and His promises and stuff like that. Because a lot of times people forget that people... And the devil are the ones who rule this world. It's not God who uh, who rules this world. It should be. That's the reason we have to not. pray your kingdom come. And that's come. why we have to realize that um, God wants what's best for us. But a lot of times people don't. Yeah. Yeah. And to be honest, that was one reason why I was so nervous on uh, about today. Because I was more worried about... What other people yeah. might say, yeah. and I'm, and and then I went in. This is how nervous I was. This is this is the truth. Dave was laying down, and, and Kennedy was uh, watching her little cartoon, and I went in the kitchen, and I got so nervous. I started shaking. I started crying. Then I started praying. I'm like, Lord, I know that your word says that I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And I said, I'm putting all of my faith in you because you're getting me out of my box, <laughs> out of my comfort He's zone. You're getting all of us out and of our I box. And I know that he, that he would help me, and I asked him to help me. Mm-hmm. And then I began to calm down a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I've had that not with this, but had that happen to me lots of times. <laughs> many, many, many times. So what you got your Bible open to uh, right here? It's nowhere near what we're talking about anymore. But, <laughs> okay. um, what I was going to say earlier, I'm going to read Matthew 28, 16 through 20. 
Then the eleven disciples, and this is right after uh, Jesus rose from the dead and was about to go up into heaven. Uh, the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, and this is the part that I really wanted to focus on, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. And what I was going to talk about is um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost part, because this is the verse that um, a lot of people use to prove that you should baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But if you really, if you just know, have a simple understanding of grammar, you can see that if it wanted you to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, you would baptize, you would say the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, the name of wouldn't even be in the sentence if it was supposed to be that way. And also there are way more times in the Bible where they uh, baptize in Jesus' name. And I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. That's the only place in the Bible where it says baptize the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. That's what I thought. And I just think it's, um, it's interesting to note that... Uh, yeah. Uh, what I you heard... You can use the same verse to prove it that uh, they use to I'm, disprove it. I don't know which preacher it was, but I'm sure it didn't originate with him. But we had a preacher come to our church, and they decided to use me for the example of the guinea pig. Uh, he said... Uh, he was using, going midway through preaching, talking about this verse, and he said, uh, Now, Jacob, I want you to write your name on this piece of paper here. Who was it? I'm not sure. I'm pr- I feel like it was Brother Near. I feel like it was Brother Near. It, it might have been Micah. It was one of those two. Yeah, okay. Uh, and he said, I want you to write your name on this piece of paper. Uh, and I began to do it. He said, And I want you all to notice... He didn't write your name. <laughs> he wrote his name. Yeah. Uh, he said, he said, what you're supposed to do is don't repeat what I say. Do what I say. Mm-hmm. That's where you get the people baptizing in saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. That's the same. But what is that name? What is that name? That's the question that you're supposed to be asking. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's actually what Sister Penny was saying. uh, What a lot of people, the biggest sign God gave you was his word. And his word is not meant to be cherry-picked verses. It's meant to be a complex principle based... It's supposed to be a... It's a complex set of Uh principles said over the course of several verses, not just a few verses here and there. Uh, I, I actually, there's a YouTube channel I absolutely love uh, that I've watched a lot of stuff from. They also have a great podcast. It's called The Bible Project. And basically their whole mission, they said, we, but what they say in their mission statement is, we believe that the Bible is a, is a big, one big story from beginning to end. And our mission here is to show you what that story is. And they basically have videos going from Genesis to Revelation saying what's the overview here. Because if you read one chapter out of context, you could be very, very confused with the Bible. Um, And like, for example, I read a story where someone said the very first... The very first chap time they ever read the Bible, they were going through a really hard time uh, in life. They this. picked up the Bible. They opened to a random chapter, uh, a random chapter, and they read the story where some woman was viciously raped. Yes, no, that's in there. Viciously in the raped and then cut up. Viciously raped, then cut <laughs> up in multiple pieces. into twelve pieces and sent throughout all the tribes of Israel. Yeah. That's in your Bible. Yeah. But the whole reason was to say at this point in time, people were very messed up and didn't do what God said. Yeah. It wasn't saying that was okay. It wasn't. It, <laughs> it was, was not, telling you that the Bible is true. not an encouraging book honestly no the bible is not written to be an encouraging book it's written to show you how to live yeah and um 
One thing that's helped me in the Bible is honestly, I kind of, until I was probably about 15, kind of saw the Bible that way. I saw it as like something that was supposed to get me through things. And that's one reason like I didn't read it very often because I've always struggled with when I'm down doing things that help me, which I know is bad, but... <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, what helped me reading to start liking to read the Bible more was um, realizing that pe the people in the Bible were just like us. They were people that made mistakes all the time and they got out of situations and sometimes they didn't get out of situations and you got to see what happened when they got out of it and what happened when they didn't get out of it. So you got to see the good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And that's actually something that was said, uh, one thought that I've thought of so many times is uh, a quote that Brother Micah Narlock said when he was preaching one time. He looked me in the eyes and said, Brother Jakin, uh, you realize people like Bishop White are not supposed to be superstars. They are something that we can attain. That's not even someone from the Bible. That's someone in our modern day and age. All the that's that's something that we can attain. We can have that kind of prayer life that some of your favorite preachers might have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can have the prayer life that David had. In fact, mm -hmm. uh, look, David. If you want to look at him as a murderer, he's an adulterer, but he's also the man that was described as the man after God's own heart. We have got off the topic of baptism, but yes, we this have. really <laughs> does go back to it. Honestly, this goes back to baptism because the way that they did all this is through uh, is through what God said to do. And we're not here to make you feel better. That's actually what yeah uh what i the whole reason i started this thing was Most i want this i don't to be... like to listen to feel good preaching and i know sometimes it's needed but a lot of times when i listen to feel good preaching i get bored because for me it doesn't really usually work to get me hyped up i need a reason and me and texas talking about this other day in the car i don't remember what i was saying but i said something randomly really deep while we were in the car and he said you're so much deeper than I am. I'm sitting here thinking about how my uh, fishing, this new fishing line is going to be so much better than my old fishing line. And you're thinking about that. And, I, and that's because people are different. And feel good preaching is needed for people like Texas. <laughs> but because people are different and that's okay. No, it's okay. It's okay for that to affect you and the other to affect me. And you need both. Um, actually... What the Bible says about it is this. Um, you have more? No, but I don't remember what, how I started. Okay. I had more, but I don't remember how I started. Okay, well, basically what I was thinking is this. Uh, the whole reason I started this, I wanted to start this podcast, was to be able to explain things in a way that anyone can understand it. Yes. I wanted to explain things in a way that anyone could understand it. And uh, we're not here to make you feel good. We're here to try to help you to become more of what God has called you to be. Uh, because this is real. This is all about the reality. And the reality is that what we that so many people have the wrong idea about how salvation is supposed to work is what this current series is talking about. Is We have wrong ideas about how salvation is supposed to work. Uh, Belief is just a starting point. Repentance is necessary. And it's supposed to include a complete and total change in direction. We've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. We're supposed to turn around. We're supposed to apply the name of Jesus, which is the only name given among men whereby we must be saved. It is absolutely necessary. And if you have not done that, I would make sure that you got in touch with someone who can do that for you. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and even more so now, you're, as you see the day approaching, it said, is that when we're supposed to gather together. And not only to gather together, but when we get together, we strengthen each other, we help each other. And... What better way to strengthen each other by leading you into the path of salvation with baptism? That would be wonderful. Yeah. 
Now, how can anyone not want uh, the water baptism in Jesus' name? Because, you know, like John 3, 5, that really stood out to me. And then Acts 19, you know, except a man be born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. And when, I, when, when I'm talking to someone about baptism, I ask them to repeat that to me. Yeah. And when they repeat that, and I'm like, he what? And then they'll repeat it to me, cannot. And I said, what does cannot mean? And then they begin to realize that there's no way that they can enter into the kingdom of God yeah. until they are baptized in the name of Jesus. Yeah. And the sad thing is some people know that and they continue to live however they want to live anyway because they think they have all the time in the world. And, well, that's the big thing. More so than ever, here's the reality that's speaking to you right now, is the fact that you do not have all the time in the world. No. Uh, even if you live until you're 100. Even if you do get to live till you're 100. Because when you finally make the decision to do everything that you're supposed to do, and if you have truly, in your heart, done what you wanted, you're going to live the rest of your life with regret. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. And in fact, the reality may very well be that you do not have until you're a hundred. No, and most people don't very, have until they're hundred. Um, I've heard of a few people that somehow here in Hopkins County, there's a hundred and three year old woman who's uh, now made it through two pandemics. But no, <laughs> I saw also something else. Not that's in not the County, common. But a hundred and three year old man that. Uh, Got the uh, flu, the one nineteen eighteen when he was yeah. a young young Same. boy. He got it and lived through it, and then when he was a hundred and three, got the coronavirus and lived through it. But, Thought that was cool. Yeah, that's great news. They made it through it. You may not make it through it. Who knows? Yeah. I'm not trying to scare you, but at the same time, I'm just trying to hit you Sometimes with some reality. Yeah, hit you with some reality that in the last days, perilous times shall come. We are in the midst of some perilous times, and we need to make sure that we have followed the whole plan of salvation if you want to make it to heaven. Yeah. Yes. That's what Acts two thirty eight says. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and that promise is to you and to your children, to mm -hmm. all them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Oh. And then we must continue on in that apostle's doctrine. Yeah. In breaking the bread and in prayer. It's 100% true. Um, does anyone have a... Any more words to say? I don't. We haven't had any comments. Um, I don't really. Is have anyone got to say. any more questions before back. we go? Um, next week is the Holy Ghost. I'm excited about that. Yes. There'll be a lot to say on that. I think. <laughs> yeah, there is a lot to say on it. It's a very important topic. This one's a very important topic. All of Do these. Do we have anybody next week or no? Just us. Uh, not as of yet. Okay. <laughs> it probably be just us. It will most likely be just us, unless I just. Uh, have someone come to mind and that it works out. Um, I don't have anyone planned. I've had some thoughts run through my head, but I don't have anyone planned. Um, one of the most important things is uh, just if anyone has any questions, let us know. No one has said anything since Mama said that um, David, David had, had a, a repentant repent heart. heart. So, going once, going twice. Well, um, one th more thing I would like to do, just, uh, Sister Penny, if you have yes. any more thoughts, any other words of encouragement or words of reproof, rebuke, whatever, uh, <laughs> any more words that you have in your heart that you feel that you need to speak, I would like to give you that chance right now to get the last word. Yes, I do. If there is anyone out there that's listening I want to tell you this by experience. There is a God, and his name is Jesus. He is the only one that can fill your empty heart. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're looking for, don't look for it in the world. Look for it 
in the Bible, his word, and he'll bring you revelation. I was a person that used to go to the bars. I was always looking for love in all the wrong places. Didn't feel like I, no one ever loved me, actually. And there was a point in time in my life that things had gotten so bad that when I had my son that I actually tried to kill myself, to be honest. I OD'd, I'm not, I'm not proud of this, but I OD'd when I was six months pregnant with my son. But when I woke up, God had a purpose and a plan for me, just like he does anyone else, everyone. He had a purpose and a plan for my life. And when I woke up, my dad had his Bible laying on my stomach. My dad had the faith in it then. I really believed that. Mm-hmm. Um, please. Don't let yourself go to hell. There is a hell, and there is life after this, this life. It's eternal life. You're either going to burn in hell, or you're going to live with Jesus for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That's right. And the Bible teaches us... That there is a heaven and there is hell. And you have a choice to make. And I pray that if anyone right now is listening, that you will make that right choice. Just like Brother Jake and, and, and Brother Texas and Sister Bethany has been teaching on this salvation. It's true. It's the truth. I never, I I knew that there was a God, but I never knew the whole truth until I come to Harvest House. And then that's when I really started getting hungry. Please make the right choice. The word tells us, lest a man be born of the water and of the spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, cannot Enter into the kingdom of God. If you want to go to heaven, if you want to change your life around, repent. Ask God to forgive you. What he'll do for one, he will do for another. Mm -hmm. I promise you that. Yep. Yep. And after you're baptized, he will fill you with the Holy Ghost. That's his promise. Yep. He's the one that made us. He's the one that created everything. God's word doesn't lie. Nope. It does not lie, people. It doesn't lie. Yeah. Study the word. Read it. Don't take anyone else's, like Pastor Daniel always told us when he was reading, if we didn't have our Bibles, don't take his word for it. Go read it yourself. Mm-hmm. If you read the word of God, you will see for yourself. When I started reading, I asked God before I started reading the word. I'm like, Lord, help me to understand. Help me to understand your word. Ask his help. He's there for you. He's reaching yeah. out for you. He doesn't want to see anyone go to hell, but it's everyone has a choice. He gave us a choice. And I pray that you make that right choice. Yeah. That's all I have to say, Brother Jakin. All right. I'm going to lead us out in a word of prayer. And we will meet with you guys again, same time, next week, talking about the Holy Ghost. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for all that you do. I hope that this is, I pray that this is, 
leaving a seed in someone's heart right now. You promised your word would never return void. God, we love you. We thank you for all that you're doing. We pray that we all would get a great revelation of the power of the name of Jesus, of the power of salvation, and of all that you are getting ready to do in this world, in this time. In Jesus' name, we love you, we glorify you, and we thank you for all that you're doing in this world, in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.